0: It's a completed Hornets Summer League. What did we learn? What players did we like? And who could have done a lot better? We'll talk about all of that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. We live. We live. Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available wherever you get your pods. That includes YouTube, by the way. If you check us out on YouTube, you can check out Doug's sick hat. He's got a different one in the rotation constantly. That's the NBA All-Star Weekend hat. I feel like I saw those, wanted to put out the money to go get one. That was in the Spectrum Center. Did you get that at the Spectrum Center when the All-Star game was in town?
1: I did. I did. That was an easy purchase for me.
0: It was. It looks very nice. And so you can go check that on YouTube, whereas I am wearing something very different than an all-star shirt or hat. It's actually the 2016-17 Hornets roster Ah. in caricatures. Yes. Now, if I would have gotten a shirt one year before that, it would have been the playoff roster, maybe a little more meaningful. But instead, I went with a team that didn't make the postseason. I think they lost the last game of the year. The Knicks won. And that was that was the last chance they had to get to the postseason, but
1: we, I feel like I feel like, you're, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. it was It was a heartbreaking year, mm-hmm. but I, I felt like at the end of that season, we all felt like A, they didn't deserve to make the playoffs. B, if they did make the playoffs, they were going to get absolutely hammered. A- and C, I think we were all wanting them to not make the playoffs just because we didn't want to see that happen.
0: Yeah, that was uh, when we decided the previous uh, the the offseason leading into it. We decided to trade our first round pick for Marco Bellinelli, who has since blocked the show and also didn't help us get to that postseason. So, hey, look, man, we've only been there like three times since the franchise came back to Charlotte. So there's not too many roster shirts I can wear. 2016-17, I'll show you some love. Speaking of rosters, we're going to discuss today. It's the Summer League roster done over five games gone. Are you happy that summer league is over or did you want more summer league to evaluate some of these young guys?
1: Well, I mean, I would say that I am not looking forward to a month plus of no, or really almost two months now of no basketball to talk about. I'm not looking forward to that. So, Mm -hmm. so in that way, yes. Um, But in another way, you know, summer league is messy. Summer league is a lot of, young players it's a lot of uh players trying to make it and that doesn't make for like the most exciting product all of the time so do did i want to see like five more games i'm not sure about that but i am going to miss (laughs) seeing the ball hit the old hardwood yeah right it's it's
0: us as content makers it would be nice to have these games to discuss and give us some more content. We're going to give you the classic MVP debate that's going to be tomorrow on Lockdown Hornets. I believe Nada will be joining us to hand out some summer league superlatives, if you will. So yeah, the content kind of ending. But also, Doug, it wasn't a very pretty summer league session. And I don't know if we go back in history, recent history, and say, oh, that was an awesome summer league session from that Charlotte Hornets team. It's not like we've been gifted with a lot of great basketball. You know, this is a team that loses all the time. They got their first summer league win for the first time since 2019, and they got another one. That was it. They would finish two and three. They would lose this most recent game against Minnesota, game number five, and then they're done. At the same time, I just didn't feel great about individual players in this session. As much as maybe you like some of these others, right? Because you would go in, and I think Kai Jones was under the microscope coming in. He was one of the guys that was going to be a top storyline to evaluate. Pretty disappointing. JT Thor, excellent game to end on. So that's perfect, right? At least we got something great to end on from him. But for the most part, I think a lot of people would describe his summer league as underwhelming. I Really? Doug, like the guy I feel the best about who gave us the most consistent and good parts of his game, I do think it's the first-round rookie, Mark Williams. I, I that As far as a consistent, you can bank on me defending. You can bank on me doing this to help this team every single game. I think Mark Williams probably was the most consistent in that area. At the same time, you go to a lot of different players to evaluate how they were individually, and it just was like,
1: eh. Yeah,
0: kind of an underwhelming summer league, in my opinion.
1: I will not mm-hmm. sit here and stand for, I won't sit here and stand for you discounting what JT Thor did in that final league, final summer league game. This was meaningful was for the more Thor movement. This was meaningful for JT Thor. Let me read you the stats. How dare you, sir? Let me read you the stats. Eight of 13 from the field. 28 points, three rebounds, two assists, five, count them, one, two, three, four, five steals. JT Thor was all over the place and almost, almost got this Summer League team in contention to win that final game and have a winning Summer League, which the Charlotte Hornets do not do much of. They don't win a ton in summer league and JT Thor heroically put the team on his back. They, they didn't play Mark Williams late, which I thought was a good idea. You'd seen enough from Mark. You got what you wanted out of Mark sit him. Don't play him in a situation where both these teams are playing really hard and, you know, risk an injury. I liked that maneuver by the team, but JT Thor was out there hustling until the buzzer sounded. And that to me is I, it, Clifford was still there. By the way, Steve Clifford was still there. He did an interview with Ashley Shahamadi. Uh, who was the sideline reporter for this game. He was still there looking, and I think he got a great look at a player that he can count on next season, and that's one JT Thor.
0: I apologize to you. I apologize more Thor movement. I apologize to JT himself because I did not want to come in and disrespect him like that. I was only talking about overall in summer league. He hit a game, a winning, shot. He had a game he winning shot. He hit a game winning shot in sudden and, and death. Thank God for that because overtime. everybody hated his game in that contest. But you're right. I don't I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the negativity. Narrative I'm sorry. moments. I'm sorry.
1: Get it's get all rid about of it. Walker. It's you're all right. about narrative moments. <laughs> it is.
0: It is all about the narrative. And he gave us a good one yesterday, or the most recent game they played, I should say, and scored twenty eight points. Did so in twenty two minutes, too, like five steals. 28 points, 22 minutes, 50% from the three point line. I will say every single part of the box score you looked at it just, there was a lot to like from what he gave you also got to the foul line, I believe was seven of eight from the free throw line. So got fouled attacked jumped from just inside the free throw line and slammed it very big wingspan game for JT Thor showing it off, having that dunk getting five steals, right? So I do like JT Thor. If you were to ask me who are the guys you feel okay about being in the rotation next year, it would be JT Thor and it would be Mark Williams. And after that McGowan's, you know, we can dive into this a little bit more as the episode goes, but McGowan's was extremely hot and cold. What he showed was awesome as a bucket getter. And if a shot wasn't flying, then all of a sudden you just had him jacking up shots and you know, a lot of misses, which is again, okay. Second round pick. Do the scoring thing if you can, Bryce. But at the same time, yeah, like that's just really hot and cold. So you're right. I'm sorry, JT. I'm sorry, Doug. Please continue the good feelings as what Summer League is for on JT and maybe some other guys you liked.
1: Well, and I thought, I thought he he made a case because I, I think the key to him getting more rotation minutes this season is if he can make a case to play the three and the four. If he's only making the case to play the four – the more, more Thor is not more four. It's got to be more three. It's funny. I
0: can see your brain working in there, yeah, and then the light bulb goes off, and then I yeah. know what I'm going to get, and it's it's fun to watch all of that cook before you deliver the product.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I think it's got to be versatility, and, mm-hmm. and I think yes, there was a shaky start there for J T Thor, but he was he was working on displaying the versatility, and he is one of the players that got to me got better as time went on. He got more comfortable. If we did have ten summer league games, I think JT Thor will be dominating on this team by games, you know, eight, nine, and ten. Like he needed time to kind of, and that, and that's the the weird thing about summer league, right? Is that you only get five, you only get five games. You know, by by the time you really get warmed up, it's all over. So I, I think JT Thor showed us exactly why by that fifth game why he's somebody that Steve Clifford can count on this next season.
0: Well, look, no, to to continue to defend JT after I, I apparently dogged him at the beginning in a way I didn't intend to, but yeah, like you're you're right about JT getting better because there was a better role for him as we started to continue. He got a little bit more comfortable and he looked a lot more decisive with the basketball in his hands when he was out in transition. If he got it out on the wing, he made one jab step and then a couple of dribbles in, and then he was able to dunk it, or you know, he had his very decide like a very decisive shot. On the three-point line, all right, this is the time it needs to go up. And the fact that he shot 38% from three, Doug, like that's actually pretty damn good for Summerlee. I think it was 37, 38 in between. The fact that he got to that number, that's pretty good. That's what you would want. If he shot that next year, I mean, that's excellent. You'll take that every day. So, yeah, I do think he got better. I do think there is a pretty clear role for him if we want defined roles for these guys, that might be the more accurate way to discuss Mark Williams and JT. Clearly we know what Mark Williams is going to do and what he's going to be asked to do. I think he performed well. JT Thor, at least the last game, you have him, you know, I I think fill out that identity more so. And what you're going to ask him to do, boom, 28 points, 22 minutes, really efficient. So, yeah, JT got his game, the last one, and summer league ends, and we'll continue to talk about that. In just a moment, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball regular season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. About the trends and the action bet online where the game starts. More Summer League talk coming up next. Lockdown on Horns. We started by disrespecting JT Thor unintendedly.
1: So, whoa, 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 and then whoa, 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 Doug, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what did I is do wrong? Now? A lot of, what did I do we wrong is, now? We is doing a lot of work there. <laughs> we did not Are do it. Are you anything. a part
0: of this show? Hey, we go down together, baby. It's you and me. If we make not, a mistake, then it's mm-hmm. we. I said what I said. It's we.
1: No, I'm not going down. No, listen, I am the president of the more Thor movement. I cannot be associated with that kind of Thor slander
0: that's fine I apologize I apologize for slandering JT Thor I've done that a couple of times but we did look at what was an impressive stat line in the last game of the summer league session Doug why don't you pull up the stats let's take a look at this table of numbers to see exactly what else stands out to us because one it was clearly the star of the show was JT but what else do you see here Doug from some of the other guys that we're going to take a look at as far as the entire summer league goes
1: yeah it was the star of the final game but I would say the guy that probably people are talking most about would be Bryce McGowan's who did lead the team in scoring by 0.1 points per game. He averaged 14.6 in summer league to Nick Richards, 14.5, followed by JT Thor, who probably vaulted himself over several players with that 28-point performance. (laughs) You'll do that when you score 28 in in one game of five. He goes to 12.2. But I'd say people talk most about Bryce McGowan's just how comfortable he looked out there Uh, I think people who looked a little bit deeper like we did said, hey, yes, definitely look comfortable, look like somebody that can play like somebody that will will belong at some point. But there are also some serious inconsistencies in Bryce McGowan's game, even offensively. I mean, just we knew defense was going to be an issue, but I think there were some offensive consistency issues that I think, uh, you know, will have to get worked out over time.
0: Yeah, I and look, I talked about this a little bit in the first segment. Bryce McGowan's, we did call, was going to be a candidate to lead the summer league roster in scoring, and that's exactly what he did. Nick Richards only played the two games, but did finish one a little lower, 14.5 compared to Bryce McGowan's 14.6. I would also say Bryce McGowan's played the most minutes of anybody on average 31 you look at these minutes per game for everybody else you know JT 25 LJ Figueroa 24 Kai Jones 20 Tyshawn 22 and then uh Jalen Crutcher 26 and a half so you know pretty uh, a large amount of minutes for him everybody else is under 20 that I didn't mention and Bryce has thrown up a lot of shots clearly looking for <coughs> opportunities to score constantly and essentially gave us two good games right like the first game Comes out, impresses. Third game, goodness gracious, you know. I mean, absolutely bonkers performance. I I don't even know what kind of point total was, like 27, something like that. But very good performance from Bryce there. And then, you know, threw up a lot of shots and missed a lot the last two. But that's okay, right? Like, I I feel like throwing that caveat on every criticism because it is summer league because these guys are so young. In Bryce and Mark's case, they are literally playing the first NBA-organized activity of their life. So it's okay to struggle at times. Um, But yeah, I I think it's still okay for him to also be maybe the number one player you're talking about because a second round pick that has the ability to lead your team in scoring, also very cool. So it's not a bad thing.
1: Well, speaking of minutes played, I think that's what stands out to me. I'm on it right now here on the the screen share. Mark Williams only getting 19.4 minutes per game Jalen Crutcher getting twenty six point five, I think, tells two stories. One, that Mark Williams didn't pl- didn't start until they decided to shut Nick Richards down, and, and that depressed his minutes. How much of that was? Eh, well, we kind of know what we know with Mark Williams, and you know, we want to make sure that our 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 first round pick is healthy. Uh, and and how much of that was? Well, you know, Mark needs to earn his minutes. The second story is the 26.5 for Jalen Crutcher. I think anyone that watched Summer League is going to say that might have been too many minutes for Jalen Crutcher, but they didn't have any real options to go to. This This team was uh, short on decent point guard options. Jalen Crutcher, I think that's turnovers, averaged three turnovers per game. Uh, and you know it, it was a struggle watching him trying to play make for Mark Williams, for Kai Jones, you know, and for some of these other players. And I think it probably, you know, with if you have a, a point guard that's, you know, just a replacement level point guard, then you probably see bigger games from Bryce. You probably see bigger games from Kai. You probably see bigger games from Mark Williams. I, I don't think you can question that.
0: Real roster construction issues with the Summer League team, and it all starts in the backcourt. You want to emphasize what everybody's skill set suggests they do well, and they didn't when they decided to avoid the backcourt the way they did, the Hornets being they in this case, and it was a real problem. It was something we expected coming in, and it's exactly how it played out in these five games. Doug, if I were to ask you who the most disappointing <coughs> player was, is this This isn't going superlatives, right? I mean, I feel like that's safe to ask you before we get to tomorrow because, you know, you look at these names. I mean, I would, I would say it's Kai Jones. It, the real project, we wanted to see him improve. We were all very excited about what his offensive role could be. And we still don't really know, right? I mean, we we tried to do this where we put him at the four the first three games and then Kai Jones ends up playing at the center and he did better there. But points, you know, went down significantly. He did have four blocks in this most recent outing. But also, I, I still think there's some, some issues on where he's supposed to be at the exact right time. Maybe some rim protection issues for Kai Jones. But the athleticism is still fun. He did dunk everything, you know, a few games back it's yet still it just feels like we didn't get a whole lot of clarity on what he's going to be moving forward and it's all very frustrating at the same time because you know the talent's there
1: I honestly I don't know that I'm disappointed by Kai Jones I'm disappointed in some of the decision making but also he's young I I think this was all I'm disappointed that Kai Jones isn't all of a sudden um you know an all-star player but I think that's you know, an unfair expectation to put on Kai Jones that he would have developed so massively over last season. Uh, So the decision-making, the fact that he took... 10 three-pointers and missed all of them in that first summer league game. And, and some of the three-pointers that he would continue to take, I thought were disappointing in the final game. I thought some of the decision make. I mean, look at the final play of the, the summer league game. Okay. It's, it's close. They get the missed free throw by the Timberwolves. They have an, or they, they get the ball back in that final possession. They have an opportunity to tie the game or even win the game And Kai Jones takes it, tries to be a hero, and then fumbles the basketball away. Because I think Kai Jones still sees himself, and this happened. And I don't know if Kai Jones went through like a major growth spurt, but this I wouldn't be surprised by that because this feels like a guy that grew up thinking he was a guard, and then all of a sudden became a big.
0: Well, he didn't play basketball till late. I mean, which is another I, I point for you, and totally understand that. But, you know, and I know you were probably just saying this to like kind of sell the point home. Right. But you talked about it would be an unfair ask for him to be an all star. And I I, I'm not I'm not asking that, you know, like I'm not asking Kai Jones to come in and show me all star potential. I'm asking him to see if there's like some minutes for him at the back end of the rotation. Like, you know, I, I feel like my expectations were tempered. You know, I I wanted to see real improvement to the point where second year, do we get the JT Thor treatment? Because JT was supposed to be a project, too, and then he broke into that rotation and did pretty decent, and he's a really young player as well. And so, okay, that's okay. Like, guys improve at their own rate. So could we get something from Kai that indicated to me that, hey, we can be comfortable seeing Kai on a real NBA court playing NBA minutes? Let's say, I don't know, throwing it out there. Could he play 40 games this year? You know, a lot of them be injury or DNPCDs, the other 42. Could he play 40, give you 15 minutes in those games, have a couple of book night moments where we're saying, hey, you know, watch out. Could we have gotten that this year? And, Doug, I, I don't feel comfortable with him being out on an NBA court right now in, in a win in winning situation. I don't know if that's different, but I know that's my feeling.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the obviously it would have to be context, right? If the team were not in a position to win basketball games, then you'd obviously be comfortable seeing him out there getting NBA minutes, something that he didn't get an opportunity to do last season and uh, General Manager Mitch Kupchak would later lament. But he's, yeah, I, I don't think he's ready to be uh, a role player on a winning basketball team. But I would be disappointed by Kai Jones if he had come out in summer league and shrunk, you know, and not been a factor, not shown energy on both ends, but he was blocking the basketball. He's running in transition. He was yamming the heck out of the ball. I mean, he was just all over the place. So yes, you can, I think you can be slightly frustrated by his decision-making, but I, I to me, it's a stretch to say, wow, Kai Jones had a disappointing summer league. Yeah. He's just, he's deve- he's continuing to develop. He is not fully cooked yet.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, I, I understand that. The motor's never going to be a problem with Kai, and that gives you hope. You you get players with high motor. It means they're going to put the work in and do the right stuff, and that's fantastic. That is a saving grace. You know, it's not like he had all bad moments. We were just talking about him driving and finishing extremely strong. You know, the athleticism's there, clearly. That stuff didn't go. A- at some point, the good decisions, they have to be there. You're right. It doesn't have to be there right now. It doesn't. But I would have liked to have seen more made. I would have liked to have seen something that suggests, okay, now's the time. Let the, he doesn't have to stay in Greensboro so much this year. And he says, he talks like he's not going to Greensboro. Like he talks like he's going to spend a lot more time with the active roster this year. And if that's the case, I, I just hope it's not so many minutes towards the very end, if not at the very end of the bench.
1: Well, confidence is not an issue with Kai Jones. No, I mean, he came, he came into Summer thing. League saying no one could guard him. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and it was true. I mean, the only person uh, – no other person could guard him. Kai Jones did a great job in that first Summer League mm-hmm. game of guarding himself by taking um, yeah. you know bad three-point opportunities. But he was right in that in Summer League, when he put the ball on the floor – uh, in in good situations, there was. I mean, he got to the rim at will. W- will that be the case when he's you know in preseason up against actual NBA level uh, talent? I think that's that's yet to be determined. And he was also a player that was playing a little bit out of position until later on in the summer league when he was when Nick Richards went away and they were able to play him as backup five. You started to see him uh, play a little bit better. Although I thought you know in that final summer league game and, and even in the fourth game. He struggled a little bit still guarding smaller players. And, and he's a guy, we don't expect Mark Williams to really succeed at that. That's an expectation kind of thing. With Kai Jones, you, I think you do expect him, hey, you need to be able to switch a little bit and, and have some defensive versatility and not be just completely, I mean, he was getting back cut. It was, there were awareness issues along with just getting blown by. So I, I think those are things to clean up. But my overall thing is that Kai Jones has not made the argument yet he, but he does have a preseason, an opportunity to make an argument to Steve Clifford that he's somebody that can can be a game changer.
0: I, I didn't mean to make this the Kai Jones segment, but he's, he's so fascinating, right? Because a lot of his development kind of is predicated on how a team views him and how they are able to develop him. You know, The, the raw you are, the more you're kind of dependent on the team putting you in the right That's situations tough. to succeed.
1: That's tough and to, to say. Honest, that's tough to say, by the way. The rawer you are.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I had felt it at the same time I just decided to go with it because I felt <laughs> people got it. But, you know, it's the true. Ra- There's
1: it. like the rural the rural juror. It's almost like you drawer. Are.
0: Like, it doesn't know if it wants to be one cell or two. The you are. Yeah. So the more raw he is, the more raw yeah. a prospect is, the more dependent they are on the organization, putting them in the right situations. And so here we are trying to figure out, hey, here's this. Here's this crazy athlete that fans and other people seem to compare his body to a guy like Giannis, you know, who doesn't have the skill that Giannis does. But well, it's, his ability, it's not his crazy. ability,
1: to, his ability to take like three steps from the half court line <laughs> yeah. and dunk it. I mean, that's He's very a, Giannis like a, tr- a triple,
0: a triple jump. God, right? Like this is somebody that has that kind of ability and we don't know what to do with them. All right. Well, let's put him at the four because he also has this shooting ability. Okay, uh, didn't
1: really work out there.
0: That. This is him coming out of college because he shot forty yeah. percent. If you gotcha. bought into Kai, then a part of it might have been you buying into the perimeter shot. So okay, can shoot. All right, we'll play him at the four. Oh, three three summer league games in the second session. All right, we'll put him at the five. All right, that's better. But still, you know, it's just it's hard. Like they don't know what to do. They've got they've got this awesome thing. Always go to the Malcolm in the middle example where the kids they find this water slide and they know it's the best thing ever and they just don't know what to do with it and so they ruin their weekend trying to figure out the best possible thing they can do with it in the end the weekend's over and they never got to use it it's like this diving board or slide or whatever it's like kai jones is that what do you do with them because you know there's something special but we just got to get that out of them
1: well, and, and they're stuck and they're stuck in the middle a little bit because, you know, fans that watch Kyle Jones in summer league and didn't want him to take three point shots. I wanted to say, yeah, but if he can't hit the three point shots, <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. then how so do either. you, you know what I don't want?
0: Yeah. Right. Right.
1: Because Giannis doesn't, ha- Giannis hits the three pointers occasionally, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really have to because his body is so scary that he can just bully his way to the rim that the, Kai Jones did it in summer league using his quickness, using his length, but he's not, he's not like bowling ball, knocking guys out of the way to get to the rim. And, and that's going to be the challenge in preseason coming up for Kai is how do you do that when guys can keep you in front better? And then when you do get by them, there are two or three help defenders to knock you out of the way. So that that's the challenge with Kai. Is he going to get bigger? Is he going to get better at shooting? Is he going to get better with his decision-making? You know, which of those things is going to improve or do they all three improve? It's, it's all of those are open questions.
0: All right. That was the Kai Jones segment. We'll talk more about the summer league as the week goes on, but we have something else for you regarding the regular season coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We have NBA odds to get to over under. What is the number going to be set at? I have not seen this. I have not seen what Vegas put the over-under on for the Charlotte Hornets. So Doug is gonna ask me that question coming up next on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets.
1: So wait a minute. Do we value players that forget plays all of a sudden? I thought we were, we loved LeBron James because he remembered he could cite to you every single play from every game he's ever played in. Now, all of a sudden we like players who have no idea what happened on the previous play.
0: I don't think you want them to play scared, right? It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. When I think of over-unders going into a season for the Charlotte Hornets, I think about how the Hornets have outperformed those over-under numbers each of the last three seasons, if I'm not mistaken. And that was always a point for the James Borrego fan club, that, hey, this is somebody that actually beats the Vegas expectations, and then instead he's gone, and now we're here with Steve Clifford as the new coach, but that's what I think of, right? Like how the Hornets, it the expectations have not been set very high. But they would always win, you know, two or three games above the expected outcome. And so could that happen again this year? Now, I haven't seen it. The Charlotte Hornets have had a wild off season. I imagine this number would look drastically different had there been a couple of things not take place. But, Doug, you have seen the over-under number. You know, is this about where you would have guessed, too, just before I put my guess in? Like, is this? Yeah, of course, you're going to say you were going to guess it exactly right. But, oh, yeah. It, it, yeah, I mean, is it in the neighborhood? Does this number make sense to you?
1: Uh, I think it, I think it does relative to what has happened. And that, and that's a tough thing about uh, Vegas has to operate on the information that it has. Mm -hmm. Um, Vegas doesn't Vegas can't, they try as they might, they, they cannot predict the future. And so, you know, they, they are basing all of these on the information that they have. And And I think, you know, if you look back on previous seasons, right. Last season, let's take last season for example. Okay. I haven't found a 2021 22 odds uh, over under that had the Hornets anywhere above 40. I've seen 38. I've seen 37. I've seen 38.5. I've seen 39. But I haven't seen anywhere that had them in 40. They won 43 games. Why did they beat the Vegas odds? Because you had Miles Bridges completely overperform what anyone's expectations were last season, because Cody Martin. Uh, was an, and Kelly Oubre, you had these role players come through in a way that they overperformed the, the expectations. I mean, we were talking about Kelly Oubre for sixth man of the year there for a little while. We were talking about Miles Bridges for most improved. And then you had LaMelo Ball become an all-star. And we all expected that to happen, but maybe, maybe that was even a little bit soon on the expectations for LaMelo Ball, but he took his game to another level. And so all of these things, when you want to beat Vegas odds, those are the kinds of things that have to happen. And so I think here we sit again where the organization has not made a ton of moves in the off season. And so I think the Vegas odds are going to represent that. So saying that Walker, Gotcha. Where do you, I mean, I kind of uh, gave it away a little bit, but where do you think Ah. they have the, the over under set? So this is, by the way, this is points bets USA releasing uh, their regular season win totals.
0: Yeah. It's tough to say. So if the Hornets, you know, they finished above 500 last year, having gone through what they've gone through i'm going to i'm going to put the over under at 34 give me 34 wins
1: wow you know no nope, 36.5 so you are okay. even more pessimistic yep. than vegas so charlotte is sitting at 36.5 uh just for reference they have cleveland chicago and portland at 41.5 interesting on cleveland because other than the hornets I mean, Cleveland well outgrew their expectations from Vegas. I mean, Vegas had them at like 25 wins or something, and they they far beat those expectations. And still, I feel like they're shorting Cleveland a little bit at 41.5. Then at 43.5 is New Orleans, 44.5 is Toronto. Moving backwards from Charlotte at 36.5, they have Washington at 35.5, then Sacramento at 31.5. In total, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams below Charlotte. Charlotte, the ninth worst team in the NBA.
0: Yeah, and I think they would there be There are the several teams worst. that they
1: don't, by the way, there's several teams that they haven't included. Yeah, they, they don't have odds yet okay. on Lakers, yeah. Nets, Jazz, Knicks. But I well, don't yeah, think and, any and of those teams are probably worse than Charlotte.
0: Well, yeah, Nets maybe depending on what happens with KD. Yeah, for sure, and that's why the odds aren't out there. Same with this Donovan Mitchell stuff. More for the Knicks. That's why you don't have the Knicks odds. Presumably why. And so right now, I think if I counted that right, the Charlotte Hornets would be the fourth worst team in the East. Washington. Orlando, Detroit, Indiana, office. So the fifth worst team, if that's right. Yeah. So those four teams would be finishing worse than Charlotte if these numbers all hit in the regular season, which, of course, you know, that gets you into play in territory. And here we are again with the Hornets getting play in. And all we're doing is just hoping that we avoid a a disastrous performance. Um, Yeah. I I think, you know, I went 34. Like I, I get 36 and a half. It, I don't know what they've done to help themselves so much win next year. They brought back Cody Martin. They drafted Mark Williams, which I think can help, but I'm not going to say this team is going to be a lot better because a rookie comes in at, you know, 15 overall, right? Like that, that's not going to say, oh, okay, now now we're great for next year. Yeah, I think you finally have that piece, but I don't think it's also going to make you this playoff team next year. They haven't done anything else. It doesn't mean they're done. There's still some things you could do. But I I don't know what that is at this point. You know, like I, Donovan Mitchell, we've talked about a couple of times, but still the odds are that the Hornets won't land him. DeAndre Aiden going back to Phoenix. Now he has to sign off on any trade in the next year. So DeAndre has to want to come to Charlotte if you really want to try to go after him. Miles Turner, that thing lives on forever because now he's back with Indiana and wouldn't be going to Phoenix in some sign and trade. My point being, even the players that... It was gonna to be tough to land anyway. Now some of those odds have even diminished since then. I the uh, the pool's drying up.
1: Yeah, I think there are still a few, maybe one or two moves left for the Hornets to make to fill out the roster. And the and they and I I have to think that the Hornets at this point, if they can't make a major move for Donovan Mitchell, if that doesn't seem realistic for them then they have to be thinking in a similar way that they thought, I think, at the beginning of last season, hey, let's take whatever squad we have, let's take them into the first 20, 30 games and see what we got. And then once we see what we got, then we can make some moves. Yeah, so they may not make a lot of moves left just to leave roster spots open, leave some potential to make moves later on uh, to 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 fill in some gaps that they may perceive that they have. But all of this is... They need internal improvement, and again, I, yeah, I go back to what I said at the beginning of this segment. In order to outperform these expectations, you've got to have players outperform what they did last season. So that means Lamelo takes his game not only to an All Star level, but potentially an All NBA level. What what does that what does that mean? Mark Williams uh, performs better than the than you would expect a fifteenth. Maybe he gets himself. He's he play he's starting center and he's doing so well defensively that he's getting some like sneak dark horse whispers for rookie of the year. Maybe you have a Jalen McDaniel's there. Listen, it, it, depending on what happens with Miles Bridges, there may be opportunities for players to come in and get significantly more minutes. What they do with those minutes will be the difference between Charlotte Hornet's meeting these expectations at thirty six point five or possibly exceeding them? If it's Jalen McDaniels, if it's Cody Martin, uh, if it's PJ Washington, I was reading an interesting article on At the Hive looking at his numbers uh, in you know relative to his rookie year numbers, and they haven't changed all of that much, especially offensively. He's generally the same player he was. Mm-hmm. I would argue that a lot of that has been opportunity. Not not necessarily skill set, and so I think if he's given a little bit more opportunity to be more involved this season, um, he could he could be one of the players to watch. That's that you have to walk away from the first twenty games if the Hornets are going to beat these expectations. You have to walk away from the first twenty games in the same way that we walked away from the first twenty games last season. Going, hey, wait a minute, I didn't know that I didn't know that these players could were going to be able to do that, and then and then. You have to sustain that. That's what the Hornets didn't do last season. Gordon Hayward's got to stay healthy. I mean, that's yeah, a
0: huge thing. That's, that, that, that's a huge. I was thinking that the whole time. Right. I mean, that's, that's, it's, these it's are the kinds of right things now. that have to happen. They're either going <laughs> to, yeah. and
1: that's the thing. They're either going to happen or they're not going to happen. And if they don't happen, then yeah, 36.5, 36.5 <laughs> seems mm-hmm. realistic.
0: No, yeah, it absolutely does. The LaMelo conversation, I'm sure we'll have it a million times. That's fascinating because this guy is already awesome. He's already an all-star at a very young age. And I wonder what is left there scoring wise, because to me, you talk about him taking his level, you know, you taking that next level, right? Going to, you know, to a place where he's flirting with all NBA contention, just avoiding the defensive analysis right now. If we're talking strictly offensive, we we've asked that question in a half court set. Is this someone that can take over to the point where he's averaging? Give me your over under there. 24. You know, can he get to that 23, 24 mark? And that is some pretty special territory when you're averaging that kind uh, of points per game. And so when you're talking about how he can get there, finishing better at the rim, which is what we've talked about a lot, attacking and beating guys off of the dribble, you know, with a little bit more space. Um, yeah, like those are the things I think offensively because the shots there right now, I fully believe in the shot. You have to. It's it's just all about the two point game as far as the scoring goes, and is that floater going to be better? Because he goes to the floater a lot, but the floater is is real hit or miss for him right now. Can he be more consistent when, with inside the three point mark scoring to the point where he can get twenty four points per game, and that's that gives you a few wins, Doug. Like that, if he becomes that player, that gives you the over on a Vegas set total.
1: Well, and it could be an interesting. You know, we could be looking back on this. You know, three or four years from now is a very interesting year for Lamelo Ball because this could be a situation where it's a little bit trial by fire, where he's forced, maybe uncomfortably, to become yeah. a lead scorer because they simply don't have many other options to do that. And so we we may come away from this season going, okay, they tried that. He's not that. Uh, he's a lot of things because it it doesn't it doesn't mean that he can't become a a perennial star player in this league. Uh, I think it would, it would, to me, it would be extremely difficult for him to become one of the five best players in the league without scoring a lot of points. We just don't, we just don't see that. You have to. <laughs> right. It's, so it's the
0: Chris Paul effect. You know, yeah. I think it, that that's what you want with, uh, you know, more decorated postseason history. You know, I, I don't want to do the, where Chris Paul is in the pantheon, but we all know Chris <laughs> Paul is a really good player. You know, Chris, so, but he's also not a 24 point per game average scorer. He shoots threes really well. He runs the game. He's extremely smart. The difference between Chris Paul and LaMelo being that Chris loves to slow the game now as he's gotten older for sure, and LaMelo wants to run right now. He said Mm -hmm. himself, like 100 possessions, I want 100 of those possessions in transition. But, you get my point. Like, that's the right. type of impact that LaMelo might have to have on the game. That sounds like future episodes, Doug. Like, those those topics are really interesting, you know, about LaMelo, what his ceiling could be. Um, And that's exactly what we'll do later on as the offseason goes on. And maybe we even get into that a little bit with Nada, who is supposed to be joining us tomorrow and giving out some of those summer league superlatives. So, check us out tomorrow. Again. I'll give you – can I, can
1: I tease this a little bit? He told please. me – he told me when I asked him to be on the show, he said, I've got some thoughts – that run counter to what you two have been talking about?
0: I'm going to guess more so me. I, just based off what Nada's tweets are, I almost want to ask some of these questions and then see if I'm right on how we disagree just based off of his Twitter. Like, is, is Nada's Twitter account indicative of what he's going to say on the podcast and that's what i kind of want to make those guests make those guesses but
1: so i've I've set it up hopefully yeah hopefully we can deliver tomorrow we'll bring him on see if he and where he disagrees with us and and have it out
0: All right, not to the scribe. You can follow him on Twitter and then you can give him some hell too if you want to about some of his takes. Thanks for joining us. As always, we appreciate you making us your first listen every single day. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast after us. Make sure you go check out Locked On NBA. It's just a 30-minute daily update on what's taking place throughout the association. You can find it anywhere you get your pods. Again, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.